Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Now we are continuing with our theme on the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful theme and one, you know, we can preach about this. In fact, have you realized that all the themes that we do, it feels like, ah, why don't we just talk about this for the whole year? And, but the subject of the Holy Spirit, my prayer is even after the theme is, and just like any other, but also most importantly, the Holy Spirit, that even when we stop, please do continue, particularly the fellowship, study about him more, you know, mention him, um, even when you pray, talk to him. You know, there's, there, there are, there's, there's one model of prayer that I use out of many others, you know, just to help me. How many of you know that sometimes when you don't have a model to pray, you, 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 you struggle with prayer? Many people don't pray because they don't know what to say when they pray. It's like, what do I say for 30 minutes? <laughs> or what do I say for an hour? Or what do I say for two hours? Have you, prayed, have you ever prayed for two hours? does not look like. <laughs> so I have different models that I use. Sometimes the, Lord, the, the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven. So our Father is a prayer point. Who art in heaven is a prayer point. Hallowed be thy name is a prayer point. Thy, thy kingdom come is a prayer point. Thy will be done is a prayer point. But in Psalm 23, uh, again, so you can choose any, really, you know. Um, the by Bizanganlendo, the, the um, full armor of God is a model of prayer. You can pray, prayer point, helmet of salvation, prayer point, breastplate of righteousness, prayer point. You'll be shocked at how many things you can cover in your prayer just by using those six, six things. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. Don't just say, Father, I thank you for the helmet of salvation. I thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. I thank you for the kettle of truth. I thank you for the shoes, for the preparation of the gospel of peace. I thank you for the shield of faith. I thank you for the sword of the spirit, which is your word. In Jesus' name, amen. No. <laughs> <laughs> a helmet of salvation pray for your mind protection salvation mind you know thoughts pull down strongholds cast out imagination align your mind and your thoughts it's 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 a prayer point right but one of the anyway one of the models that i use is the model of the godhead praying to god god the father god the son god the holy spirit Somebody once said, and I'm going to provoke you with this. Somebody once said, when, when God is talking to you, how do you know it's the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit speaking? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so there are prayer points really that you can address to the Father. There are prayer points. So, the, the basis of that scripture that I take is, 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 is of course, Corinthians 
um, um, 13, which talks about uh, may the may the may the may the of our and the love yeah and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit so I ascribe love to the Father grace to Jesus fellowship with the Holy Spirit so structure my Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for unconditional love. Thank you for everlasting love. Thank you, Lord. This is unchanging love. Thank you for pouring your love in the Jesus, I thank you for your grace. Grace, 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 grace. Right? Holy Spirit. So, so make sure that when you pray, you always give place to talk to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And even for the rest of the day, like we have taught. So today we are continuing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, part two. Um, we're talking about the gifts, which combined, it is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not just want to dwell in us and be inactive. He wants to manifest. Don't manifest things that you see on social media. But allow the Holy Spirit to manifest in and through the... So each and every one of us, we are saved. The Holy Spirit is in you. But he just doesn't want to, you know, lie dormant on the inside of you. But he wants to manifest. And he manifests through gifts. Are we together? Yeah. Which the Bible calls the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. I want to, I want to see, I want you to see the beauty of, <laughs> of the scriptures, Mr. Lord. That, you know, sometimes when we rush through scriptures, we miss quite a lot of things. Look at this. There are diversities of gifts, it says, but the same spirit. Okay? Check, check verse 5. There are differences of ministries. But the same, it does not say spirit this time. It says same Lord. Verse number six. And there are diversities of activities. Take note. But it is the same God who works all in all. And then verse number seven. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one. This is the manifestation, right? Of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So gifts are the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So it, 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 one thing that I'm, I can say maybe from this point is that don't just run after the gift. Run after the Holy Spirit because the gift is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So whatever gifts that can be, whatever gift that can be at work or at play in your life, it is as a result of the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in and through your life. Now, take note. Ephesians 4 talks about gifts, but those are ministry gifts as we call them. We normally call them the fivefold ministry. The Bible says when Jesus ascended on high, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, and some to be pastors. Amen. Those are what we refer to as ministry gifts and they are from Jesus. They are from Jesus. Amen. But God also gives us abilities and talents and mostly, 
you know, we are born with them. And many theologians, um, you know, say that those are the ones that are actually tabled in Romans chapter number 12. In Romans chapter number 12. These are things that, you know, because there are people who become gifted prophetically uh, and they don't have to be Christians. They don't have to be, but it's something that they were born with. It's just that then the enemy will hijack it and use it for his own benefit. All right? Are we here? And then there are gifts that are from the Holy Spirit. And these are the ones that we are talking about, right? Now, take note, Bazalwani. The Bible allows us to desire spiritual gifts. So you have a right. You know, if there's, you know, another translation actually says covet gifts. God does not encourage covetousness. But when it comes to the gifts, not only did Paul, you know, not only did God say through Paul that we must actually not be ignorant about the gifts, but secondly, he says we must desire them. So even as he shows us the gifts that are available, the onus is on you to have the zeal to see these gifts functioning in your life. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. In the Amplified Version it says, Pursue this love with eagerness. Make it your goal, it says. Yet earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts to be used by believers for the benefit of the church. So, but if you can notice, it, if you can notice, it talks about pursuing love first and then desiring spiritual gifts. Because if you don't have love, you will not use gifts for the benefit of others, but you will use them to manipulate others. So it has to be out of love because sometimes when gifts are operational in your life, God will ask you to do stuff to people that you don't prefer. So can you imagine if God gives you a prophetic word, a good prophetic word for that matter, for a person that you don't love? You will debate with God. You will say, not this one. And God says, go and tell this person that I love them. And you're like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> Lord, can it be possible that uh, <laughs> can it be possible that you know they will think it's me telling them that you know I love them? You see, this is what was a struggle with Jonah. The reason why he ran away it was because he, he, God tells him, "Go and tell these people I'm going to kill them." But because Jonah understands how the prophetic functions. He knows that if he brings about that prophetic word, the, the people will repent. And if they repent, God will forgive them. So Jonah was thinking, hey, my, my, my reputation as a prophet is at risk. Because I will tell them God is going to kill you. And they will repent and God is not going to kill them. And then it will look like I'm a false prophet. So Jonah decided, I ain't going. And easy. And they ran away. And they ran away, right? So we, our hearts have got to be right and, and we have to understand that God wants to use us for the benefit of um, others. Amen. And of course, you will also benefit from these gifts. And we said 
that the gifts as they are tabled in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, you know, are nine, but they can be uh, divided into three different categories. Uh, the first category is the revelation gifts, right? And those revelation gifts are number one, word of knowledge, as we spoke about them last week. Number two, word of wisdom. And number three, you know, the descending of spirits. Amen. And because God does not want to hide everything from us. There are certain things that are there that God wants us to be aware of. And if I were to choose the most important one out of these three, I can tell you descending of spirits is very key, very important. Because even, you know, like I said, Satan knows how to reveal himself as the angel of light. So we've got to descend um, the spirit behind the manifestation. And second category, which we are going to talk about today, you know, are the power gifts. And number one, we said it is the gift of faith. Number two, gifts of healings. Number three, the working of miracles. And the last category, which we are going to deal with next week, are the gifts of utterance uh, or the gifts of inspiration. Number one, it is prophecy. Take note that prophecy is not under the category of revelation. So prophecy is in its normal nature does not have to reveal anything. <laughs> number two, different kinds of tongues. And number three, uh, interpretation of tongues. Are we together? So these three categories, simply put, the first category, uh, you know, the revelation gifts, these are the gifts that reveal something, right? The power gifts are the gifts that do something. Number three, uh, the, these are the gifts that, the gifts of utterance, these are the gifts that say something. That's why they're also referred to as the gifts of um, um, inspiration. Amen. So you speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's take note, because you might be sitting down asking yourself, Mfundisi, you know, I don't want to, I'm not called for the ministry. I don't want to know about the uh, spiritual gifts. You, wh what you need to understand is these spiritual gifts are not just for pastors. They are not just for apostles or prophets. Uh, they are for everyone. That's why the Bible says to all of us, we need to desire these spiritual gifts, right? So you can use them. And, and also they are not supposed to be confined uh, to just the four walls of the church. You can use them in your business. You can use them in your career. You can use them in your marriage. You can use them in your just your day-to-day your -day life. Are we together, Bazalwan? Now, we need power gifts. Last week, we spoke about uh, revelation gifts, right? And we saw how God wants to reveal in order to, to redeem, right? There's, there are certain things that are hidden, not uh, from us, but for us, things that we must know that they can only be revealed supernaturally by the Holy Spirit so that based on that information, we can be able to make certain decisions and live our lives in a certain way, you know, and pray in a certain way because God has revealed something to us. But we also need power gifts. 
We also need power gifts, gifts that do something. And these are the gifts that we are going to talk about uh, 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 today because the kingdom of God, the Bible says that it is not in word only, but it is also in power. So we, we are not just called to be, you know, religious people who have a form of godliness, but we are denying the power behind the godliness that we have because the uh, Christianity is not just, you know, a religious organization, but, you know, it is one that has the power of God active in it. And we need to use or take advantage of that power. Because also, even when it comes to the preaching of the gospel, it is incomplete without the demonstration of the power. Paul said to the Thessalonian church in chapter 1, verse 5, 1 Thessalonians, he said, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among uh, you for your sake. So when, whenever God sends us out to preach, he does not just want us to speak empty words, but he also wants us to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit because the empty and powerless sermons don't change lives. They don't impact lives. That's why even in Corinthians 2 verse 4, Paul said, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That's why even when Jesus was going around teaching, they could tell that, you know what, uh, there's something different even with the way that this man teaches. They said there's so much authority when he teaches, you know, and, and they couldn't even understand how does he know what he knows and how come he speaks the way that he does because he was not just speaking empty words, but they were filled with the power, which is the supernatural power of God. Amen. So we as believers must believe in the power of God and boldly speak about it and demonstrate it. Even when we preach the gospel, demonstrate it when we live our lives each and every day. Demonstrate the power of God in our businesses. Demonstrate the power of God even in our careers. Are we, are we together, Bazaran? Because there are people, according to the scriptures, who will never believe unless they see the power of God at work. That's why I always encourage you that don't wait if somebody has uh, a headache at work or whatever the case may be. Don't, don't just say, no, I will ask Mfundis to pray for you. Just, just pray for them as well. Just, just so that they can be impacted or touched by God through you. And so that they will see the power of God at work through you. And so that they can also believe. How will people believe unless, unless, unless they see the power of God? There are those, of course, who will believe and take our word for it, but there are those who will never believe and see until they see, you know, God at work. And God wants to use each and every one of us. As Mfundisi, you know, I'm limited in most cases to within these four walls of the church. But you guys, that's why the Bible says we need to go into our own world. You come from a particular world. So in your world, demonstrate the power of God. Pray for people. When somebody comes and tells you their problem, after you have counseled them, just say to them, let's pray together and let's believe God for intervention. And let 
them come back with a testimony and so that it can help you preach the gospel to them effectively because once they return with the gospel, you remind them that don't forget that it is not me. I prayed for you. It is God doing this thing for you. And that's why you need to believe in him. Amen. So we've got to we've got to believe in the power of God. We've got to talk about it. We've got to, you know, be confident in this that God is definitely going to use us. But the first gift or the first power gift that is available for us, my goodness, it is the gift of faith. I want you to take note. I hope I will have enough time. Time is that you time I see you. Amen. The gift of faith. Say the gift of faith. Say one more time. The gift of faith. One last time. The gift of faith. So the Bible says, and, and this is applicable to each and every one of us, we are supposed to walk by faith, right? I'm sure you know that scripture, right? And I'm sure you believe in that scripture. The Bible says we need to walk by faith and not by sight. And that is what I can refer to as general uh, uh, faith. And that is the faith that comes by hearing. So when God says something or you are reading the word and you are receiving a promise or God, when you are praying, he plays something in your heart, you know, you, 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 then faith comes. And that is available for each and every one of us because that is the faith to walk by and to live by each and every day. And when we hear the word of God, we develop, first of all, what we can refer to as the saving faith. For the Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith in Ephesians 2 verse 8. So when you heard somebody preach the gospel, what happened? You believed. Faith came and you believed, right? And you confessed whatever that was said to you and that's how faith came and and also the bible tells us that the just shall live by faith that is the faith to live by that even as you continue you know in your walk with god god keeps on speaking to you you know as i preach faith comes you know you believe god uh, based on what you are hearing are we together by the line or there is also what the bible refers to as the fruit of faith which is part of the fruit um, of the spirit, the nightfall fruit of the spirit. Another version calls it uh, faithfulness, but the King James says it is actually faith in Galatians 5 and verse number 22. And we all know that the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So all of us are expected, therefore, to live by faith, to walk by faith as God speaks to us. Let us believe, you know, what he says. And, and in most cases, you know, we wait on him for, and that's why you will be advised in most cases don't move unless God says something. Are we together Bazalwan? Now but there is another dimension of faith called the gift of faith which um, Pastor Kenneth Hagen refers to as special faith. This is the special kind of faith. This is no ordinary faith. This one, remember, does not come by hearing. This one is given by the Holy Spirit. As 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 says to us, this one is given by the Holy Spirit. The Amplified Version calls it the wonder-working faith. 
The wonder-working faith, the New Living Translation calls it great faith. The, the, the easy translation puts it this way. It says, the same spirit causes other people to trust God strongly. Jesus. The Holy Spirit, in other words, moves in your heart to stir something within you to trust God, not in an ordinary way, but in a special kind of way, strongly. Now, now take note, you have not heard anything. <laughs> but somehow there's something that is provoking you on the inside of you to believe God extremely. Pastor Mike Todd calls it crazy faith. This is the kind of faith that even the normal people who live and walk by faith will never even understand. As a matter of fact, they will tell you you are crazy. They will tell you you are mad. And these are the people, believe you me, who are speaking in tongues the way that you are speaking in tongues. They are attending church the way that you are attending church. You are hearing the same word, but somehow the Spirit of God moves in a certain way on the inside of you. And you begin to believe God strongly in your heart about something even when you don't have proof that it is going to happen Amen. and there is a certain level of power or the manifestation of the supernatural uh, dimension in our lives that we will never experience unless we allow the gift of faith to be at play in our lives say the gift of faith one more time say the gift of faith this gift of faith, Bazalane, it is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby as a believer you are empowered by God with special kind of faith. A wonder-working faith. This is the faith that is going to produce at another level. At a totally higher level that is even going to confound the very same Christians that you are attending the same church services with. It is the gift of the spirit to the believer in order that he or she might receive a miracle. This is the gift to receive a miracle. This is the kind of faith that the Holy Spirit will give to you when you have to believe God for a ridiculous breakthrough. <laughs> this is the kind of faith that the Spirit of God will just simply provoke you and provoke you to believe God for something even impossible to those who are also walking and living by faith. Have you ever believed God for something and you share it with another Christian? Even, even they, they themselves are like, I understand faith, but you, my friend, that is not faith. <laughs> They will tell you that is not faith, that is stupidity. But take note, the Bible says, God takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. That's why the Bible says that we can, if you are carnal, the Bible says you can never receive anything from God. Why? Because they are foolishness. They don't make sense. This kind of faith does not make sense. This kind of faith, even it does not make sense even to you who is expressing that kind of faith. 
It does not even make sense to you. It's like, I don't know why do I believe God for this, but somehow I believe that this is definitely going to take place. I don't have proof. I don't have a word for it, but somehow deep within my spirit, there's a Noah in me that knows for sure that God is going to move supernaturally. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know what, what mode is he going to use, but somehow I believe in my heart something big and something huge is definitely going to take place and that is the gift of faith shout gift of faith and I pray this morning that may the gift of faith come upon you Mzalonewabe. may God move mightily that all the things that he wants you to believe him for that the spirit of God is going to provoke you out of your comfort zone provoke you out of your position provoke you out of that place of limitations where you think you have experienced everything that there is to experience in God but may the gift of faith provoke you and cause you to be ridiculous in your acts. Let me tell you once you operate in the gift of faith you begin to do crazy things. You begin to do things that are normal to, that are not normal to other people. Why? Because there is something staring on the inside of you telling you that something big is going to happen in your life. This is the kind of gift that, that, that was at work even in the book of Acts where people realized that even what I own is not sufficient. They began to sell everything that they were owning. Why? Because the Spirit of God was saying to them there is way something bigger than what you have already acquired. This is the crazy kind of faith. When you have to believe God for a ridiculous breakthrough, the kind of breakthrough that even, you know, when you think you are spiritual, that when somebody talks about it, your, your head can't process it. Your, your, your heart can't process it. You are like, hey, are you sure? How, how, how is this even going to take place? This is the kind of faith that provokes an ordinary, timid type of a Christian to begin to move in another dimension and become confusing even to Christians who have been believers for a long time, claiming to be living and walking by faith. And this is the prayer that I always have in my life, that God help me, that even as a pastor, as seasoned as I am, once the gift of faith kicks in, that I might not be a hindrance, that I may not be like that prophet, that when God spoke to a younger prophet and said, when you come back, don't use this route, but he used his seniority, but he was carnal and told this guy, no, I'm also a prophet, I can also hear from God, but I am here to provoke somebody that when God is somehow moving by his spirit in your heart to do something that you have never done before. Something ridiculous that God will provoke you to believe him for even higher things. That no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor is it entered into your, a human heart. But God reveals them by his spirit. That is the gift of faith. It's one thing to live and walk by faith. But it's totally another to operate in the gift of faith. Because general faith, Barcelona, is for general miracles. Yes, for miracles, but general miracles. It's one thing. It is faith that causes us to have new jobs and believe God for promotions. But it will take the gift of faith 
to resign from a job and start a business that it takes a gift of faith it's like I don't have the business plan I don't have the strategy I don't have the finances I don't have it does not make sense to me but something on the inside of me is provoking me to step out and begin to believe God for something bigger than what that is the that is the gift of faith at work this is the kind of faith that believes God for even impossible miracles. You know, the, the, you know, general faith is for general miracles. But the gift of faith is for impossible, do you, do you hear me? Impossible miracle. It's a, it's a miracle, yes. I believe that it will take God for it to happen. But even when I put it in a box of miracles, it still looks impossible. Because sometimes... We limit the miracles of God to the available ingredients. You don't know, you don't know what I'm talking about. Let me let me break it down. It's like when you believe God, right? You say, I believe God for a new job. You 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 know there's a company somewhere <laughs> that is going to employ you, right? It's like when 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 Jesus was still praying for those who were blind because they were sick, right? But the eyes are still there. All that he has to do is to touch the already existing eye for it to open. It takes general faith. The eye is still there. But what do you do, Jesus, when this man has been born blind? Not because the eyes are malfunctioning, but because there are no eyes. You've got to believe God for a creative miracle. Oh my goodness. This is when, when the hospital says you can't have children because there's a condition that you have, right? It's general faith. Let us just touch hands. As a matter of fact, God can even lead us to a particular doctor and they can be able to recommend a solution. But what do you do when the doctor says you don't have a womb? <laughs> you don't have a womb to even conceive a baby. So in other words, it is impossible for you to have that child. Oh my goodness, that is when the gift of faith begins to kick in. In other words, you refuse to hear the report of the doctor but you begin to focus on the God who is able to call the things which are not as though. Let me show you this, Barcelona. I don't have time to finish the whole message. I'm just going to wrap it up here. Let me just give you this example, Barcelona. The, 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 the gift of faith and the working of miracles, they work hand in hand. The gift of faith receives a miracle. And the working of miracles works the miracle. And many of us have received miracles. We're pregnant with miracles. There was a moment where you, you felt it in your spirit that you know what, something huge is going to happen. But you did not move on to work the miracle. Oh, because remember, Barcelona, the Bible still says, faith without works is dead. Let me, let, me, let me give you a biblical example. It was the gift of faith that caused Jesus to say, when they told him that, look, Lazarus is sick, he's about to die. It was the gift of faith that said, this sickness is not unto death. It was, it was the gift of faith that even after they tell him, he's now dead. It was the gift of faith that said, Jesus, it provoked Jesus to say, you know what, he's not dead, but he is 
sleeping. It was the gift of faith, you know, that, that, that provoked him to speak like that. But Jesus could have easily stopped and expected God to work the miracle. Jesus had to work the miracle. But after believing <laughs> that this man is not dead, he comes and they tell him, you are already late. <laughs> the gift of faith said to him, I am the resurrection and the life. That is the gift of faith. But the minute he said, take me to where the grave is. In other words, now I'm going to work it. <laughs> now I'm going to activate it. I believed it, but now I'm going to allow it to, to, to unfold. And then when he stands before the grave, he says, roll away the stone. He's working the miracle. <laughs> roll away because faith without works is dead. To show that I believe, I'm going to instruct you to do something that has never been done before. Roll away the stone. The, the gift of faith, when you have received it, and they said to you, no, we can't employ you. The gift of faith that has received the miracle that that job is yours. It's not enough until you say, let me phone them again tomorrow. They, they already told you that you, 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 there's no job for you. Tomorrow you, you call. You're like, uh, I'm just checking if you made the right decision. But you, what are you doing? You are working the miracle. And, and take note, it might not manifest from that specific job. But any other job somewhere that is hidden, when you work the miracle, when you work the miracle, when you work the miracle, let me tell you, let me tell you, when the disciples come to Jesus and they say to him, people are hungry, the gift of faith says we have enough resources to feed the multitudes. That is the gift of faith. And then he says to them, just check what do we have? They bring back a report to Jesus. They say to him, no man, there's a young boy with only two, five loaves and two fish, right? The gift of faith says, this is more than enough, right? But we have to work it. Then he says to them, start dishing out. Now, it did not multiply when Jesus prayed, it was not multiplying. But when they started working the miracle, dishing out the bread, then it started multiplying. It started multiplying in their hands. Let me close with this, Pastor. Many of us are sitting with miracles that we have conceived. But we did not work it. We did not work it. We did not work it. So Jesus says, roll away the stone. And then he says, Lazarus, come out. He's working the miracle. Then afterwards he says, take off the grave clothes. 
is working the miracle. Like, I'm not going to stop until I see all. So I'm just here to say to somebody, if there's something that God has put deep within your spirit, and at some point you felt some level of faith for something, but at some point you stopped. I'm here to tell you, go and work it. Let me show you the gift of faith and the working of miracles working together from two different people but in the same scenario. John chapter number two. Wedding in Cana. They ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. The gift of faith in Mary says, Jesus, they've ran out of wine. The gift of faith says, I know you can do something about the gift of faith. Jesus himself, <laughs> at that point, he was not feeling this woman. He says, no man, what does this have to do with me? Uh, even my time has not yet come. But listen to the gift of faith speak. The gift of faith says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. In other words, I have received the miracle. He has to work it. I have received it. In other words, Jesus at that point, he does not even depend on his own faith, by the way. He just takes the gift of faith and work in his mother. <laughs> and then he, then he tells them, fill, fill up the, the water pots. Put the, he's working the miracle. As, as they are filling the pots, the water changes. Oh my goodness. And it turns into wine. Oh my goodness. I am here to provoke somebody that you go out of this place. I don't know what it is that you've been believing God for. Begin to do something ridiculous. Bazalon, I did not have money to Lobola. If you don't know, I did not have money to Lobola. I did not have it. I was not working. All I knew was that God wanted me married. I had a choice of just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until one day I said, you know what? Money is found in banks. So I may start working this thing. And I knew that I had negative something in my bank account. But I went to the ATM, asked for the balance, took a pen and paper. That statement that they give you changed the figures on the state. That's, that's crazy faith. That is faith that says to you, I'm not going to take your word for it. I took it a notch higher. I went inside the bank, spoke to the teller, and said to the teller, can you please check how much is in my bank account? Just, just, just to provoke the heavens, to say, God, if you don't move, I'm going to look and sound stupid in your name. If you're not going to move, I'm going to... Listen to me, Barcelona. When Kenneth Aiken explains the gift of faith, he says, this is when God takes your weight, takes your weight, takes your weight, and honors it <laughs> as if it was his weight. 
If you don't believe me, ask, 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 ask Elijah, Bazalwan. That when God did not say to Elijah, there's not going to be rain for the next day. Elijah decreed himself. And God had to take Elijah's word and suspend the rain for the next coming seven years. If we can allow the gift of faith to provoke us, there's more that we can be able to do. Yes, he is the man of his word. But didn't he say, you shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. You, you shall, you shall, you. This is where, this is where then it gets even crazier. The very same God who speaks things which are not as though they are. The one in the beginning when there was darkness. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Also says, you are also little gods. That's why he even dares in Isaiah um, 55. He says, come and buy from me. He says, without money. So in other words, use your godness to transact with me. Use the gift. Of, the problem is that when the gift of faith kicks in, we become afraid. Because this thing does not make sense. And without this gift, I normally tell people, there are other people out there who live comfortably. By us, but many of us, last Puma corner, and whatever that we have, only faith can take us to the next level. And sometimes, it will take for us to be crazy to look crazy. So I'm not going to behave as if balance two million. It's either I wait for the two million to reflect in my account or I work a miracle. Can you imagine what would have happened if Jesus said hey, there are 5,000 people five loaves, two fish. Mm, no, it does not make sense guys. You know what? Let's use wisdom here. Um, John, how much do you have? Peter, how much do you have? Uh, Andrew, how much do you have? Oh, let's see. Uh, Luke, how much do you have? Let's go and buy. Probably even the whole town was not going to have enough food to feed 5,000 plus people, even if they had money. So Jesus decided, and I love his, the way that he's relaxed. He says, oh, two fish, with, the Bible says, he, he broke it, blessed it, and gave it back to them. So to start giving to people, and then it multiplied. So I'm not sure whether it multiplied when he was blessing it, or when he gave it back, but it multiplied. To a point that it says there were 12 baskets left. What? 
How many things when we realized I don't have enough resources to access that level, we stopped. Even when you felt on the inside of you that there's another level. There's somewhere where God is pulling, but we become so scared because automatically we want to first hold on to what we already have. That's why two fish, five loaves. Even the, the boy had to yield it to Jesus. It was never a miracle while it was still in his hands. Elijah, gift of faith. When Elijah is taken away, faith says, take this mantle. It was just, and, and take note, there were other around. The Bible calls them the sons of the prophets. So they are as prophetic, but they saw a cloth falling down to the ground. But the gift of faith in Elijah says, this is a mantle. He takes it. Faith. But when he goes back, there's a river. He says, let me work a miracle here. Where is the God of Elijah? Strikes the waters. Bah, they are parted. Can you imagine what we can achieve? It, you see, we as Builders Church, we were not going to be where we are if it were not moments of crazy faith. Ridiculous faith. That even Naomi, after Senyenzi's announcement, I go back home, I'm scared. I'm like, God, what did you just make me do? I'm like, why? But when you have received a miracle, work it. Take a step. Because some of the things will never be activated unless you take a step. Unless you take a step. God said to Joshua and his crew, this time around, Moses is no longer there to point a rod. The only thing that is going to divide the waters is for you to put your feet in, foot, foot on it. Let's lift up our hands. Father, we thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.